Hey guys, and welcome to the Royalty Podcast, hosted by Ty. Who else have we got here? We got Austin. James. Yep, so this is the Royalty Podcast, and I've taken hosting duties for this episode. Uh, do I still have that permission? Yeah, oh yeah, man. Oh, thank All God. yours. All right, well, it's, <laughs> well we, got a, we got a nice show tonight for the Royalty Podcast. We got, we're going to look at the Kings again, because the Kings have kind of fallen off. Isn't that kind of right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's we'll, a soft spot right now. We'll take a look at some close games, including the Spurs-Warriors game, Celtics-76ers, and just, I believe, the Brooklyn Nets game as well, where, where D'Angelo just went off. And then we have a new segment called Trash or Truth, and we'll explain that when we get to that later in the show. But first off, let's get the biggest thing out of the way. The Royalty Podcast is part of the Rise Up Podcast community. To find amazing podcasts just like us that are also part of the community, visit bit.ly slash riseuppodcommunity and follow them on Twitter at rupodcommunity. Rise up with us, Rise Up Podcast community. We're, it's a great organization that we're all part of, and we are proud members of Rise Up. And let's go support the Euro podcast that are there, and it's a whole lot of fun. But So where do you guys want to get started tonight? Uh, I mean, we could start out with the Kings-Nets game. All right, let's go. So we, I want to say this was on Tuesday night, on March 19th. Of 123 to 121 nets over the Kings. This was a really big game for D'Angelo Russell. Had 44 points in total, shot 51% from the field, 12 assists. And how many did he have in the fourth quarter again? Seven. Seven. Wait, he had seven? Seven what? 27. 27. No, 27. I thought, I thought he said seven. I'm like, I heard seven too. I was like, <laughs> he scored seven. I was like, like, wait, what? I thought he scored more than seven. <laughs> yeah, no, he went he went off. Uh this Nets team. We'll talk about we'll talk about the Nets team first, and then we'll talk about the Kings, because I got some I got some comments on the Kings. This Nets team is no joke, man. They they're in the playoffs for a reason. Uh they looked phenomenal. I mean, I can't really think of anything they could have done better. Obviously, they just weren't hitting their shots throughout the first portion of the game but then they just kind of heated up and a lot of big plays from Rondé Hollis Jefferson which was interesting yeah, um going back to uh I think I mentioned this before my second favorite college basketball player ever D'Angelo Russell and I mean he was in his full duffel bag la- or not last night but yeah, 27, that's absolutely crazy. He truly does have ice in his veins. That's no joke. And I just, I felt bad for the Kings just because there's, there was literally nothing they can do to stop him. He got any shot he wants and a three from anywhere, it seemed like. And he doesn't get any lift on his jumper. So, oh, and that's just kind of how D'Lo plays in general. But man, has he developed into only four years into this thing and I'm really excited to see where he uh where he goes from here yeah D'Angelo was traded to the Nets and I think the Nets got a steal in this trade because they traded for D'Angelo and Timothy Mozgov whenever Timothy Mozgov had that absurd contract just in return for Brooke Lopez who is Brooke Lopez even on the Lakers Lakers anymore no he's in uh he's in Milwaukee now and yeah he's with the Bucks so I guess that 27 pick didn't that become uh Kyle Kuzma I want to say so. I believe so. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what became Kyle Kuzma. But still, trading Brooke Lopez, who is no longer there, and essentially Kyle Kuzma for D'Angelo Russell, pretty damn good. Yeah, I agree. They definitely got the they definitely got the high end of that trade, uh, and they're just yeah, they just really impressed me. I don't know, like Karis LeVert's been great, Rondé Ellis Jefferson's been great, Spencer Dinwiddle, Dinwiddie, everybody's favorite player, you know, he's. They're all phenomenal. Jared Allen, Jared Allen, they just, yeah, they hoop, man. I think that they could make a decent playoff run depending on their seating. Yeah, last night I recorded a podcast with uh, Landon of Deep South, and I said Javert Allen. <laughs> I was like, wait, who am I talking about? I don't, who am I, who am I talking about now? <laughs> oh, yeah, man, I'm like, I'm like Shaq with basketball player names, bro. I just butcher them sometimes. I was like, Jared what? Allen and Chris... 
Javert, all in the same name. <laughs> <laughs> well, you all, I feel like you have to give a ton of credit to Op and every Kenny Atkins and the coach that's completely just remodeled and retooled this organization's psyche pretty much. I mean, after that horrid trade, I think we all remember with Boston, where they gave away, what, four first-round picks for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce? I mean, yeah. literally everybody on that team plays hard for Kenny Atkins and now, and honestly, I think they're a pretty strong player for a big free agent this year. I mean, if you're why, Leonard, why wouldn't you want to play for this team? Wouldn't you think with what they have now, you add Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard, you can make a finals run? I definitely think they should be a heavy consideration for one of those elite wings in free agency. Yeah, I agree. They would be like a they'd be like a top three seed if they got a big name. And um, I'm looking back at the net that Nets Celtics trade. Yeah, they got Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Jason Terry all kind of out of their prime at that point. Obviously, I mean Jason Terry was the highlight of the trade. Yeah. <laughs> so you know it's a bad thing then. So the Nets pick. So looking back at the Nets picks that they traded, one that was Kuzma for that 27th pick. Uh, Nar one was I'm trying to think of who else. Just a lot of other guys. Vinsco. Trying to see. Apparently, there's no, there's not too many names, but I think was wasn't one of the names of uh, uh, Jason uh, Tatum too. Just thinking about. It? It. Wait, I wasn't. I think so, right? I, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. Because it was a top trade. On, right. This list is way too long for Celtics. Just in what they got <laughs> in the trade. So. <laughs> Because they also got the 2016 first round pick. They got they had number three with Jalen Brown. Then Markel Fultz, who got traded that got traded over to 76ers. Jason Tatum. Just two. Oh, and then they traded a pick for Kyrie, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That turned into Colin Sexton. They said, <laughs> of course you'd bring up Sexton. Of course you. Yeah. <laughs> He's the yeah. one man Colin Sexton fan club over here. Oh no, it's way more than one. Just check my uh, <laughs> check my like likes and retweets on Twitter. It's all Sexton love, but that's oh, we not. know. All right, I'm gonna start this. Who is is he for real or is he trash? Ooh. Ooh. truth or trash? I'm calling trash. Colin Sexton. I'm calling trash. I'm not, I'm not getting I'm into calling, this. I'm calling truth. I. James is never going to let me hear the end of it, but dude's been balling out. Uh, right. I mean, at, this, at this point, I'm just giving him shit. Okay, I was going to say, because it's hard not to, but... I mean, Ty, he tied Duncan's record for 23-plus points in consecutive games. So All right. We're talking about the, <laughs> the Nets and the Kings <laughs> game. Um, so, moving to the Kings. I mean, you guys know this is my favorite team. Uh, with this Man, loss, I, they blew a twenty-eight point lead. Yeah, that seems like it's kind of a it's kind of a weirdly poetic end to our season. It must I'm have sucked. The end of our season because there's no way we're making the playoffs now. Uh, every game has been close and every game has been fun, but we always are on the losing end of it, and it's been really frustrating as a Kings fan. I mean, we blew a huge lead to the Suns earlier in the season, and they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. Uh, it's this team has what it takes, but they just need more experience. And their experience, lack of experience definitely shows in crunch time situations like this. I mean, allowing D'Angelo Russell to score 27 in the fourth quarter is absurd. And for him to just, like, they just kind of, I don't know, it felt like they just kind of fell asleep after they got their lead. Uh, I mean, Marvin Bagley still had a great game. He had 28 points. De'Aaron Fox balled out 27 points. But... It's just, I don't know. I don't want to say that they're missing a key piece like a big-name free agent. That would help a lot. But I think that they could do it if they had more experience. I think if you give this team fast-forward three years, not even three years, fast-forward to next year, and the year after that, we're going to be a serious playoff contender. You guys also need to limit your turnovers. You guys had 20 turnovers yeah, that game. That's what I'm saying, and lack of an ex- like just a lack of experience. It just It feels like they try to rush stuff. They know that they're a super fast-paced team, and sometimes they just they just lose lose control of it. They just throttle it too much, and they just start playing sloppy. But, yeah, in that fourth quarter, the Nets outscored the Kings 45-18. to 18. 
Yeah, exactly. That's and they bad. just they just fall apart near the end of games. And if you had like a veteran presence, I mean, who would you even consider the Harrison Barnes is our veteran? He's <laughs> barely a veteran. It's like if we had a more veteran presence that could keep everybody's heads level, I think this would be a phenomenal team. I mean, there's just look at their names. They're they're low key stacked. Yeah, it, and honestly, you guys, like you said about earlier, where they were having close games. If you look at their previous games, they're all really close, especially against some good teams. Uh, two point game, two point loss to the Nets. Um, one twenty three, one fourteen loss against the Seventy Sixers. A six point loss to the Celtics. A two point loss to the Celtics again. Uh, a one point loss to the Bucks. It, these are still close games. It's not. It's not like they're not playing. They're not showing up. Two point loss to the Warriors. Two point loss to the Nuggets. These are very close games. That's what I'm saying. We show up and we compete to the level of every team that we play. I mean, there's no real way around that. We definitely compete to the level of the teams we play. That's what I'm saying. Like, with more experience, this is a deadly team. For sure. Plus, Buddy Heald actually needs to make real shots. Yeah, and it, it, it really sucks because we lose when Buddy doesn't show up. Sick. There's no real way around it. Like, Buddy had eight points against the Nets, and he's been our go-to scorer. And luckily, De'Aaron Fox kind of has the mindset where he can step up. Marvin Bagley, he's hungry. You know, he goes out there, and he does what he's going to do, and he's he balls out. But if we had, if Buddy Heald had shown up and hit his shots that we needed him to hit, that game wouldn't have, we wouldn't have, we would not have scored 18 in the fourth quarter. I can promise you that. Yeah, so, well, so go ahead, James, sorry. Um. Well, I think realize is that youth it, it it can be frustrating because like uh, you guys were saying about not having the experience to close out these games. It at this point when you're a young core, you just have to establish that you're good and really just competing against good teams, keeping games close, and that experience will eventually come. And then you know maybe even next year, but probably two three years on the line. Kings are going to be real tough. They're going to be a real tough out in the playoffs once that all that talent gets the experience needed. Yeah, and one lucky thing for us, I feel like, is that teams that play against us recognize how good this young core is, and hopefully that can help sway some free agents. Like, you know, I don't want to say it, but Kevin Garnett. Or not, sorry, Kevin Durant. Oh, man. <laughs> with the Celtics trade. Like Kevin Durant, like when we played him, he said like, he said after the game when we played the Warriors, he was like, this is a, this is a, they're the real deal. Like this is a squad. And so hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we can land somebody that's decent that can help us out. Dude, as we're, we, as we're recording this, this Thunder Raptors game is too close. Uh, I, I didn't want to say anything, but it's, it's a nail biter. Yeah. It's, it's, we'll, we will be right up. Now. We're going to be outdated for like this one moment, but it's going to be ending in 1.1 seconds. Well, it's tied right now with 1.1. Yeah, so we'll come back to it. Yeah. But yeah. the game I want to talk about, though, my Spurs, they, now their nine-game winning streak did end against the Heat, but they, had a, they capped off that streak with a big win against the Warriors that we have to talk about. Yeah, man. I'm, yeah. You want to take lead on this? It's your team, bro. So, so update. Russell Westbrook threw a horrible shot. So, but uh, surprise Spur- there from Westbrook. He does have thirty eight though. I shouldn't say that. Uh, that was a crappy shot. So the Warriors they didn't have they didn't have De- Demarcus Cousins as if they really even needed him. They also didn't have uh, Andre Iguodala e- either. So. Some people were going to say, oh, the Warriors, the Spurs are going to win anyway without these two guys. Even, you First, the Warriors shouldn't need those guys. You shouldn't need DeMarcus Cousins on your damn team. I agree. that This is their first year with him, and he's been injury, injured throughout the majority of this season. And so, like, you shouldn't be bitching about not winning without DeMarcus Cousins whenever you have And Andre Iguodala is, like, 80. Yeah. So... Well, another thing that really annoys me is that that same argument. I don't mean to bring the Cavs back up again, but uh, last <laughs> time I swear, last year, the, last year in the finals, they were talking about they were making an excuse for the Warriors because Andre Iguodala was banged up last year in the finals when the Cavs got swept. 
when the, how, when the how warriors could, on how, the wall. how could you do better um anti-sweep them or what i don't you know i don't know but right. i just so for, warriors we'll, fan base we'll come back to the spurs game and and the warriors game i just want because we we will end the segment after this discussion let's just talk about how lucky the warriors have been in the past four playoffs when it comes to winning so let's start in 24 2015 right was their first championship yeah, yeah. 2015 they win that, that champion- was like their historic 73 and nine no season. no this was before this was before this was before okay wait or was it no no, no this was yeah. before yeah, this yeah. was before it so this is when they they made their first finals. They did go up against the Cavs, but it was just LeBron. Kyrie and Kevin Love went out with injuries. And so, was that a five-game series, I believe? Um, I couldn't tell you. So, I don't remember. It was a six-game series. Um, Warriors won in, won in six. And the only reason they won that was because it was just LeBron and Matthew Delvendova. No one else. Bingo. You know. Then the one, then the next season was the Cavs championship in 2016. That was a seven game series. It was a great series of fully healthy teams, except for that people like to say that the Warriors would have won that series if Draymond wasn't suspended game set six, five. game five, whatever. You see, this is why James is here to correct me. <laughs> so people, Warriors fans, always say, "Oh, Dray- we didn't have Draymond game five. That's why the Cavs won." It's like no, it wasn't. They still have them game six. They should have won game six. Well, I personally, I think if the Cavs were to come back, you win game five. Game six is kind of a gimme because you're on your home floor, you have momentum, and then game seven's just a free for all. So if the Warriors are going to win a game, it was going to be game seven. Happens so, and exactly. they and that was seven. and that was their record year too, seventy three and whatever the last number was then the next season they kevin durant the snake decides to go sign with a one of the best record the team the team with the best record in the league of all time and then they win a championship because they have kevin durant also the Cavs don't have Kyrie. the Cavs lose Kyrie. yeah they didn't have Kyrie that season either oh they so Kyrie was no 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 wait no I'm thinking too much too far for ahead. the 2017 season he was there but it was like Kevin Love was non-existent in that finals and Kyrie was he was okay but I mean they lost four to one still so still and so it's but that. that was also a, a 73 win team that just added Kevin Durant to it exactly no one expected the Cavs to win and then next then the last season was LeBron essentially carried his team to the finals mm-hmm. and nobody and, team to the finals. Could have won two games, but I'm he could have won. He could have won game one. I'll give you that. Well, I think game three was a toss-up too, but Kevin Durant just took that game by the horns and took it over. I have to give him credit there. Speaking of J.R. Smith, is J.R. even playing anymore? Anywhere? No, he, hasn't, he hasn't played since November. Um, so basically, yeah, I don't know anything about that. I got some alert about it, but uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> is he signing back with anybody? Basically, so he's still on the Cavs roster, and what's going to happen is they're going to try and trade him this summer because his contract isn't fully guaranteed. So he's only guaranteed about three to four million dollars out of the fifteen million. So it makes him more tradable. And if a trade doesn't happen, they'll end up cutting him. I think. Well, interesting. So, well, if you search up J.R. Smith, the latest news was that the victim of the J.R. Smith throwing soup incident finally speaked out yeah. or something like that yeah he said the soup was really hot <laughs> <laughs> okay okay that's where we'll end it for this segment when we come All back right. to royalty we'll discuss the spurs warriors game and also some other games going around the nba this is the royalty podcast we'll be right back And welcome back to the Royalty Podcast. So now, since we talked about how lucky the Warriors have been, let's finally talk about the Spurs getting a good win over the Warriors, 111-105 in San Antonio on Monday, March 18th. Who, as a Spurs fan, I love this game. 
Yeah, I would imagine, man. This you guys look nice. Uh, the defense finally looks good for once against the, probably the be- one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, Curry and Clay went. Oh, I know they. I know Clay went 0 for 18 at the beginning of the game, which was beautiful. And then Clay, did you guys hear Clay's comments after the game? I, I did not. That up to you. So I was going to ask your thoughts about it. Yeah. So Clay, to catch you up, Clay said he was asked because he had a horrible shooting night. Um, he yeah, shot. Yeah. He shot five for eighteen from the field and four from nine from three, and yeah. so he was asked. I think he was asked, "What did the Spurs defense do against you guys?" And they said, "He said they did, did absolutely nothing. We just missed shots." I said, "That's bullshit. That's absolutely yeah. bullshit, Clay." Against a team that's been like historically known for their defense, that's a pretty bold comment. And against, I mean, every even if the Spurs aren't playing as good a defense as they did last year, every Greg Popovich team is going to have pretty damn decent defense yeah and i know that the warriors were missing shots and we got and the spurs got lucky on that end but still the spurs defense put up some really good contested contestants against your against those shots um it just looks a better game demar did but actually he had some of the best defense i've seen him play all year long probably in his whole career against clay it's you you can't if you saying that the, the Spurs did nothing against you guys, you're lying straight up. Well, I I was thinking about those comments as well, and I will kind of because early on, I think I mean they were just missing open shots. I, early on, I would agree with Clay. I don't think the Spurs were doing anything spectacular to affect their shots. I think they were just missing them. Spurs defense did pick up. As the Warriors shooting did a little bit, but play is coming from, and I don't think he's completely wrong there. I may get pushed back on that, but just what I saw. I'm pushing back on you now. I'm not. I'm just like I was. Like I said earlier, they were. They did miss some shots, but it wasn't entirely them missing shots. The Spurs did still put some good defense and good contestants and put some good pressure on them. Yeah, it's not. It's not 100% all the Spurs defense, but still, the Spurs defense did play and show up. Yeah. I agree, and it was just odd to me. I didn't catch the game, but I did watch highlights. Uh, I had to go out of my way to find like negative highlights about the Warriors. Uh, there were actually quite a few about how you know shitty Steph Curry is after he shot so poorly this game, which is a little bit of an overstatement. But yeah, I've never seen that's the first game in recent memory that he's just been so cold. Yeah, it was. He and then he got that half court shot that I believed it in the half, which was yeah, that was pretty sweet, which was fucking insane. But. Yeah, but that's you know, that's Steph, he's gonna do that, and I think that that kind of brought back his uh, little bit of I don't want to say mojo, but I mean, he brought back his mojo a little bit after right. that. He kind of started to warm up, he started getting to he started getting more comfortable. But you they, know, the Warriors never led more than by more than three points in the whole game. That's just shows that how cold their offense was and how how well the Spurs defense was actually just performing and keeping them in, at bay. Oh, and another point is, you know, team MVP of a couple of years ago, Andrew Bogut was a minus two plus minus. So he, you know, he's picking up right where he left off. Super important. Um, <laughs> but didn't, he, but didn't, he, didn't Bogut sign with the Cavs and then game one, he tore his, he tore something. He broke, he broke his leg like 19, not even 19 seconds, like eight seconds into his Cavs playing career, broke his leg. Um, damn. He he took twenty. That, after that, did he go to Australia? Yes, I do believe so. I think yeah, he took like a year nice. off and then went to Australia, and now he's back in the okay. NBA. But how old? Is he? Let me look. It's gotta be up there. Former uh, overall one, first overall pick. In the two thousand five draft, yeah, he's thirty four. He's not gonna. They can't expect him to come out and do a lot. Right. Well, Curry <laughs> took eighteen threes, which is. Seems like a crazy number even for him. He about thirty three percent. That's not at all Steph's uh, his usual. So he was definitely cold or from three, which you don't see very often. And I think colder shooting night and the Spurs only won by six. So it's a good win for the Spurs, no doubt. But I don't. If that game were to happen again, I don't think the outcome. Oh no! Yeah, remains. Same. But also, this game exposed how 
horrible the bench is that this Warriors have. The Warriors don't have a bench. They don't have depth to their team. If they, Not really, no. Especially if they're relying on Andre Iguodala, who's like 34, to come be their spark off the bench. Yes, you have a you have probably had the best starting five in the league, but you don't have any f- damn depth to go behind it. You have Alfonso McKinney, Kevin Looney, Quint Cook, Sean Livingston, Jordan Bell, Damian Lee, Jacob Evans, Jonas Jaburko. Probably the best two you got are Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala. Then probably Adam Bogut now, but the rest you can't rely on. Their bench is horrible. And I mean, no, I, I do think I do think that Andrew Bogut will be a good second option behind Demarcus Cousins, but he's definitely not a starting caliber player anymore. You can't rely on Andrew Bogut to win games for you, essentially. No, I agree. And my question to you guys is: Do you think that this kind of showed that the Warriors are that they're they're vulnerable? They're vulnerable in that if one of if one of these those starting five goes down with an injury in the playoffs. They can be taken advantage of. Yeah, I, I think they're more vulnerable than they ever have been. But I mean, it's going to be so hard to beat them four out of seven times. I mean, I agree. Far- Unless there's injury, I just don't see it happen. Yeah, I mean, even if you have a game like this, they still almost won, and they shot horribly from three. So it. Spurs didn't I, help themselves either. Spurs were not shooting the greatest either. They weren't like early in the game when the Warriors were just missing everything. Spurs didn't take advantage of it, and that's yeah, why they not, the game was so close a, as it was. I think we even talked about that um, going into it, or like as it was happening, that the Warriors missed like four or five straight threes, and the Spurs, you know, they only were, still were only up one after that sequence. So. I, at that point, I was like, okay, I think at some point the Warriors are going to go on this barrage and just blow the doors off this game as they normally do, and generally about the third quarter. But got to give credit to the Spurs, man. They really hung in there, and, I mean, they just went in and won the game. Well, the Spurs are holding on to the fifth to the fifth seed, essentially, depending on what happens tonight as we record. I'm pretty sure Oklahoma is going to lose, which should yeah, they're, which should They're keep down going. by nine with 16 seconds left in overtime. Yeah, so... Spurs should be able to hold that five seed. Do you guys think the Spurs could like fight for that fourth seed? Um. Uh. Sorry, Ty. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, I would like them to, but I just don't see it happening. I think the. I mean, the Blazers are solid. I don't see it happening personally. Yeah, it's if it something happens, it needs to be a team that falls, and then the Spurs need to. Stick, stay hot as well, and there's a lot of factors that need to go into it as a result. But the Spurs when, have a possible chance. It's not the greatest chance, but it's still possible. But I don't. Really, yeah, I agree. It's possible, but not likely. Yeah. Mm. And I, I don't really think it's gonna matter all that much because I, it, I don't think it's gonna matter if the Spurs have home court over the Blazers or not. I think the Spurs are gonna win that series in five or six. Seeing that first round, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. Yeah, Thunder on a four-game losing streak now, which is, I think that's going to make them slide. Paul George has really cooled off. Yeah, he has. So I agree. So now the the MVP race is essentially between Giannis and Harden now. It's between Harden and Harden. <laughs> I mean, I mean honestly, I'm... Harden had fifty-seven points tonight, but wow. they still lost. Yeah, but imagine how badly they would have lost. They lost Harden to the Grizzlies. 57. To the but Grizzlies. If they, did, if they didn't have 57, if Harden didn't have 57, he scored almost half their points. I am now officially on uh, Austin's bandwagon. Just give Harden MVP. Like he It's deserves. absurd. He's playing historically good offense. Now, say. His defense isn't bad. He got a steal. Uh, to put them ahead with a couple seconds left. But, I mean, yeah, they lost to the Grizzlies, but they're still, in my opinion, the true West seed, or the true second seed in the West. Dude, with the with Giannis and all those injuries on the Bucks now, I can see the Raptors stealing that first seed because they're only two and a half games back from the Bucks. Yeah, I agree. Well, I don't see their, like I said, I don't see that they're holding up very well. 
Well, now that all the injuries occurred, I'm I don't feel good about my Bucks finals pick anymore. But I mean, with the Bucks losing tonight and the Raptors winning, they've got to up to what a game or a game and a half out now. Yeah, I think. Let me look. Also, I think since the Thunder lost, the Spurs have the I believe the Spurs have the tiebreaker because Spurs are currently in seventh as I look at this right now. But since the Thunder lost, that they tie with the. With the Spurs, Spurs would be pushed up to the sixth seed. Jazz have the tiebreaker over the Spurs, so the fifth seed. So I think the Thunder are going to be sliding to the seventh seed at the end, end of tonight, at least. Which is pretty insane. Yeah, it is. Um, transitioning to the next game that we were going to talk about, a potential, I mean a long shot, but potential Eastern Conference Finals between the 76ers and the Celtics. All right, what were so, you guys' thoughts on this game? It was it was a dogfight, man. I mean, for, literally a fight <laughs> broke out between Marcus Smart and Joel Embiid. That was that was unintentional, but yeah, and Joel so Embiid would like dust that. Marcus Smart. <laughs> Even be a contest like I know Marcus Smart is a tough guy, and and he's, he's athletic. That chip on his shoulder, that edge to his game, but he's. You get washed by Joel Embiid. We all know that. Um, yeah. Wow. Possession where Jimmy Butler like kind of lost the ball and pulls up for a mid-range jumper. I think Jimmy, what are you doing? What are you doing? And when he made, I was like, "All right, I guess that's cool." <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> he, he really took that game over, and I give him a lot of credit for that. And Boston led most of this most of this game until Marcus Smart went out in the third because of pushing Joel Embiid in the back. Mm. And I think that's what cost him. The, it cost the Celtics the win. At the, I mean, with him going out, they lose their real defensive edge. I, he's only 6'4", but he really can guard one through four or even some fives. Not Joel Embiid, but there are some fives he could guard. And defensively, it's just their team gets a lot worse when he's not out there. Even if you do have a Jalen Brown or whatever, it's – he doesn't have that same grittiness as Marcus Smart. Yeah, I agree. And one of the major keys for me is you can't line up Al Horford against Joel Embiid. Oh, you can't. It's not possible. Joel, I don't. You can't expect Joel Embiid to not eat against Al Horford. If you look at the, I mean, re- you're at almost forty points and twenty-two rebounds. Yeah, if, I was gonna say if you, re- has, if you look at the rebound, if you look at the rebound game. Look at the rebound game. Sixers outs rebounded the Celtics by fifty-four to forty-six. Yeah, Al Horford had six rebounds. Joel Embiid had twenty-two. That's just—it's a different caliber of player. It, yeah, Joel Embiid's ridiculous. I'd say he's the best center in the league. I was about to ask—is he the Joker. best center in the league? Yeah, I think he is. I mean, who—who who else would you put above him? That. Nikolai, no, it it's Joel Embiid. I I I'd agree with that. I, Denver's Twitter fan base would definitely disagree with you because they are pretty about Jokic being the best center in the league, but I I don't think it's really that close. Another note I did want to mention is Boston shot a nine percent better from the field, but. They shot 43 free throws to Boston 16. I just Jesus found that Christ. That's absolutely a, insane. And they shot 90% of those free throws, of the 43 yeah. free throws they shot, the 76 are shot. That's absurd. Embiid had 21 free throws by himself. Was he Harden? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and he's actually, for a center, he's a decent free throw shooter. That kind of yeah, surprised he, me. He's not Shaq. He had 21, so... He definitely put in his work at the free throw line tonight. This Philadelphia team is on a quiet six-game winning streak too. So, they, yeah, they are. No one's no one's really talking about them. They've been my pick to come out of the East. And since the Spurs so, since the Spurs lost, the Celtics, the Seventy Sixers are officially the hottest team in the league now. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, they've been my pick to come out of the East for since like the All Star break. Ever since they picked up Tobias Harris, man, I was like, okay. They have the weapons. I think they have the weapons to go against. They have the weapons to go against the Warriors if need be. Yeah, I agree. They're they're doing something over there. Their depth could be better. That's where they fall short. 
but, but the Warriors don't have depth either. <laughs> no, exactly. It would be like a battle of the starters, which would be kind of a fun finals, in my opinion. Hey, but I think the, Most- I think the Sixers have the advantage. They have Bowan. You can't go wrong yeah, with Bowan. That's true. It's true. Yeah, it's basically starting lineup and then Bobon against Andrew Bogut. That'd be, that'd and be, Bobon wins 10 out of 10 times in that battle. Like like I mentioned before, he does have the highest PER in NBA history, so don't sleep yeah, on Yeah, it's a Bobon. fascinating stat. All he does is dunk, so. Right, and he, he doesn't <laughs> jump either. He just stands there. Bro, I know, se- that's great. 7.1 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, 0.8 assists with a field goal percentage of 62% this, this season. The Sturbian is doing awesome. Starting to believe in the Sixers more, I hop on the bandwagon, even when they made the Tobias trade, because I just didn't know how it would work. I figured it would work pretty well, because Tobias is pretty low maintenance and whatnot. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they came out of the East and even took Golden State to seven, to be honest with you. They have that type of talent. And I think with... We were talking. I think we were talking about LeBron earlier, and just how it's going to be weird without having seen LeBron in the playoffs for once in the past eighteen eight years. But I see it's a fresh set of eyes. It's not us saying, "Oh, it's going to be Warriors LeBron again." It's going to be LeBron, and we don't know. It could be anyone coming out of the East. There's four. There's four teams. Five, if you consider the Pacers. There's four teams that can still that can fight with the Warriors that we don't know who's going to go and if they can actually play in a game that close. Uh, I would put the Celtics in there before I would put the Pacers in there personally. Yeah, I was, I'm just saying the five. Te- there's five teams and the top five teams in the, in the East. That's just how I'm looking okay, at it. Yeah, fair. What man, you got no respect for the Pistons? They're 36 <laughs> and 34. They're barely hovering. <laughs> I know. I'm just playing. No man, you know what? I'm going for the Knicks. I, I see the Knicks. Hey, recovering. there we go. Now you're I, seeing I, the true light, man. I see them this coming year. out of a, of a 14-57 record. Wait, 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 wait. We're gonna talk. Here, Mello is still there. Before we talk about the Cavs. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Cavs have like the three best players on both rosters, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Give me Kevin Love, Jetty, and Sexton over anyone on the Knicks. Is is it bad that I have too much fun giving giving James shit about this? It's just easy to as a Cavs fan, you know. Yeah, we, sure I mean, we don't, have, we don't have a lot going for us right now, so it's pretty yeah, easy to pick on us, but... Just wait. We'll be in the playoffs next year, and we'll no longer be a laughing stock. I think if you guys had Kevin Love healthy, you would have been a different season. I'm just saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I've been I trying got respect. to do. I got respect for the Cavs, but they just haven't put it together yet. No, they're they're definitely looking better. And now that the lottery odds have changed to where it's just the top three or the worst three teams have the same odds, I think now they don't care as much about losing all these games, and these guys can just go ball out and – as we've seen, Colin Sexton, 20 th- last seven games, shooting like 56% from three. So anyone who doubted him, just don't hop on the bandwagon now. It's oh, already we're good. Win. Trust me, we're good. Don't, don't, go, <laughs> don't go winning too much. The Bulls are only two two and a half games ahead of you guys. But no, you'll see, you'll see his rat tail flowing in the wind as he blows by you guys. <laughs> and that's a good point to stop. Yeah. <laughs> When we, when we come back, we're going to introduce uh, the. Is it for? Is it real or trash? Or I forgot. I forgot the name. I'm truth, horrible. truth or trash? You know, like Paul George. Truth, the truth was his nickname. Truth what? or trash? Not Paul George. Paul Pierce. Truth or trash? So it's the truth, as in Paul Pierce, or trash like the this year's Lakers. Got it. Fair right, enough. Up, yeah. Coming up next year on the Royalty Podcast. I'm Ty Yeager, and I want to introduce you to the Rise Up Podcast community, a community for podcasters created by podcasters, dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts everywhere. Rise Up is not a network. There are no contracts and no control over your content, just a vessel for you to spread the word of your work and connect with fellow podcasters to collaborate, create, and promote. And guess what? 
It doesn't cost you a single cent to join the community. Join the Rise Up Podcast community today by visiting our website at bit.ly slash riseuppodcommunity and follow the community on Twitter at rupodcommunity. Again, that's bit.ly slash riseuppodcommunity and at rupodcommunity on Twitter. Come and join the community of podcasts and rise up with us. Rise Up Podcast Community. All right, and welcome back to the Royalty Podcast. I'm going to hand over to Austin now, who has a special segment before we do the the truth like Paul Pierce or the trash like Mellow. Thanks, James, for telling me that. Man. All right. So the Lakers have made a lot of interesting moves in the past couple years. Uh, some of them, they gave up some players that seem to be shining now between Julius Randle, uh, D'Lo and Lou Williams. Uh, I was going to talk about Julius Randle first. I mean, he had 45 points against Portland. He had 30 points against the Mavericks. He's averaging 21 points a game. The most he ever averaged with the Lakers was 16. Uh, what do you guys think about is Has he just developed as a player? Or is it getting out of Los Angeles that really has helped him? Um, I think it's just him developing as a player. And I think all-star break like last year his last couple months with the lakers he was a walking 20 and 10 guy i mean he was an absolute monster towards the end of last year i think he was just proving to the lakers that they were making a mistake because he knew they weren't going to resign him so i think it's kind of his revenge tour as i know a lot of people like to say that on top of him i mean the pelicans not really playing anthony davis so he's getting a bunch of minutes and I think that's what you just need to do with young players you need to throw them out there let them figure it out and I think he's finally figuring it out and he's gonna make a lot of money for himself going forward yeah this dude I liked him I liked him when he was on the Lakers and then being him getting out of there before LeBron came I thought that was perfect for him just because this dude is he was had so much potential and this dude is still balling out and he's gonna be a free agent this season and he's gonna make I'm pretty sure he's going to make close to max money just based on how he's playing. And I was hoping that he would go to the Mavs last season, but if he goes on the Mavs this season, right next to KP and Luka, that's going to be a dangerous team. Be an interesting fit. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, and then to talk about D'Angelo Russell, who's been insane this season, averaging 20 points. Uh, seven assists and four rebounds. The most he ever averaged with the Lakers was 15. Uh, he kind of had a slow season last year, but he's really kind of finding his own as a player this year. And I think he's going to be, I think we can expect him to be a future all-star most years. I mean, he made it this year, kind of. Um, I think that, yeah, I think we can expect big things from him. He's not super old either. Yeah, he's, he's, only, he's only 22. I mean, I think we forget. He's only 22. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah he came in the league pretty young at Ohio State. Yeah, he was 18, 19. I feel like that's just how it, how young these players come in. And you see, oh, this guy's been in the league five, six years, but he's only 23, 24 years old. It's like these guys have so much time to develop, and people are so quick to write players off just when someone finally breaks through in a normal time span, like, 24, 25 or so in the league forever, you know, seven, eight years by then. But it's definitely playing to the advantage. And I think, Austin, you hit it the nail on the head. He's, I think he'll be a perennial all-star going forward. Yeah, and I think that the Lakers just gave up on him way too soon. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, they chose Lonzo over him, which I obviously don't think. No, Lonzo's right. trash. Uh, <laughs> All right, that, answer my, that answers well my questions later. All right, we'll get there. Don't worry, because, you know, I got some thoughts. Uh, I I mean, for a while, the most famous thing that he did was expose Nick Young for cheating. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that. Recorded mm-hmm. some shit and got made Iggy Azalea break up with Nick Young. That's like what he was known for. And now he's definitely carving himself out, like you, like I said, to be a multi-time all-star. If he can keep up this pace of play, that is. Well, he was already an all-star, but well, yeah. but kinda. He was an all-star off injury. He was the next, he was but like, he was the next one up. 
Yeah, but that, if he, there was no injury, he wouldn't have been an all-star. He's still a nice one up. But. There's an asterisk next Yeah, to exactly. There is an asterisk. Thank you. Wow. Um, so our next one uh, is kind of cool. I'm pretty excited about this. I've been a, I like Lou Williams. I've kind of rooted for him for a long time. I liked Allen Iverson. Uh, Allen Iverson kind of took Lou Williams under his wing when they were both in Philadelphia and kind of trained him up. Um, Lou Williams just became the – he has the most points for any six-man in NBA history – Passing washed up Del Curry. Damn. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, y- I, you gotta like Lou Williams' story. I don't know why he isn't starting. He's just he's just a spark plug. He's designed to come off the bench. He's a spark plug. And, yeah, guess, and he, he's but... he, and look at look at Manu Ginobili, where he, yeah, he could have easily started for a team if he wanted to, but he's found his role as coming off the bench, becoming that spark plug and become the leader of the second unit. And Lou Williams is kind of that second unit leader. Yeah, but I think he could be a regular leader. Oh, he could. He could, but I think, but again, it goes to based on how how he his play style is and how his role is. He, I think he just sees himself better coming off the bench, and it clearly it is because he's the best bench player there's been. Yeah, I think he will probably... St- keep that record for a while i mean he's getting up there in age he's about let me look yeah he's uh 32 so I, he's got a few more good years but it seems like i mean looking at his stats he's just kind of continued to warm up a little bit he's averaging 20 points a game you can't really ask for more off the bench are you kidding me I, yeah i mean that's kind of what every team looks for in a six man that guy that can give you 20 even 30 on every night and yeah, yeah think, he had 40 against OKC. I think it's just And then 34 against Boston. Um, and then he had 34 against Boston. Do you guys think he's a lock for sixth man of the year? Has to be. He has to be. He broke the record. You can't not give it to him when he broke the record, you know? Yeah, he uh, has he, to be. He's incredible. So. so, yeah, that was all I had for the past Lakers players, but... I mean, do you guys think they would be a playoff team if they kept all these young pieces? Oh yes, hell yes. Able to add LeBron. 100%. Yeah, I think so too. Hell, I think they would have been a playoff team even without LeBron. Yeah, I would argue that as well. So, all right, let's move uh, on to was it truth or trash? Dun, yep, dun, truth dun, or music. Trash. I can't have music, but here's music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who wants to go first? We could kind of go around the table like each of us give. We all have five names. I have six because I'm, you know, the cool one. Uh, wow. We, <laughs> uh, we could kind of go around kind of and like I do one, James does one, Ty does one, however Jeez, we want to do get, it. Why do I get last? All right, you can go first. <laughs> go first. All right. I'm going to go start off with an R Laker. Uh, truth or Trash, Brandon Ingram. Oh, man. I'm going to say trash now. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to say now he's trash, but give him, again, if the Lakers give up on him, they're going to regret it. But right now he's trash, yeah. I wouldn't want him on the Kings. Ooh. I, I'm going to say truth because before this whole super unfortunate for him, he was balling out. He was averaging over 20 points a game, and he was finally, I think, finding his niche with LeBron and – I think LeBron was just letting him go. He wasn't a super big believer in him early on, like out of the draft and whatnot, but he's coming into his own, and hopefully he can recover fully from this whole blood clot thing, but I'm going to stick with truth. From a distance, right. I would say trash, but looking at his stats and stuff like that, I kind of give him a half-truth because this dude is shooting almost 500%. He shoots 330 from three, so he's not the best three-point shooter, but he has an effective field goal percentage of 518. Duke can still ball out a bit. and Yeah, I'm going to say he's not even the best Ingram on the Lakers, though. Ooh. Ooh. With the Damn. Andre Ingram? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right. All right, next. Hey. All right. Um, for my first one, I have Mitchell Robinson, who's the youngest player on my list. I just wanted to hear you guys' opinions on him. He has been the only real bright spot of this season for the Knicks. I mean, he continues to ball out. He's defensively a machine, uh, and he's going relatively unnoticed because he's on the Knicks. What were you guys' thoughts on him? Truth or trash? Um, I'm I'm going to go truth. Two back-to-back truths. Uh, I think he, if your center can't 
step outside and shoot, you look for an athletic rim runner, and I think that's exactly what he is. He kind of fills that Clint Capella role where he can finish off the pick and roll. He can finish off fast breaks, stuff like that, and he can also block two to three shots a game. It's kind of what you want out of a center nowadays, as long if he can't shoot a three. But I think he has a really bright future in this league, and he'll make a lot of money doing what he does now. Yeah, he's averaging two point four blocks a game. This dude, and this dude's a rookie. It's too early to call him truth or trash, in my opinion. But if he's a rim runner like this, he's still. I don't see him being a all star type player, but he can definitely be a valuable role player when it comes to any team. I agree, James. Who's your uh, first name? My my first one is going to be Mr. Gary Harris from Denver. Uh, okay, Ty, you can take the lead on this one. <laughs> Looking at the stats, um, I'm going to say I have I have stats for all the players. So if you guys want to hear what they're averaging this year, I can run run that through you guys. All right, let's hear it. All right, so he's averaging fourteen or thirteen point five points a game, two point five assists, two point nine rebounds, and his shooting splits are forty two and a half, seven percent from three, and eighty point six from the free throw line. He's making $16.5 million per year. Truth or trash on Mr. Gary Harris? I'm going to go truth. I'm going to go... You, you do, Did you have anything else to add? Sorry. No, no. I gotta... Besides uh, that he's just kind of... He's been a good, valuable role player. and he's, But his numbers have decreased this year in points. Um, decrease in assist numbers. They have increased in rebounding numbers, for, especially for a guard. And, but his official field goal, efficient field goal percentage has gone down too. I would say he's truth, but he's more diving into a role type player position now. Okay, I'm gonna. Can you run back his uh, his contract for me real quick? Yeah. So he's making sixteen point five million dollars per year. I think over the next three years or so. So it's a pretty hefty price for a. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say trash because of his contract yeah he's for, for, the con- for the contract it's trash but uh, he's still as, yeah a decent I was say, role as, if you didn't tell me his contract i would have said truth oh. um i think that but to be fair i don't think he would be averaging 13 points a game if he wasn't on the nuggets sure. i think he gets a lot of good i mean you put him on the i don't know the knicks i'll use my own team from the east the shitty shitty team from the east uh i think he's averaging maybe uh, he could probably get some more looks, but the Nuggets are just, they're solid in terms of just passing. Like, uh, So, yeah, for, I think, truth, but way overpaid. So, I'm going to say trash. All right. All right, my ne- next player, he is not playing this season currently, but this dude has potential, DeJounte Murray. Oh, my goodness. All right, <laughs> I'm going to say truth because, like I said last podcast, he's a Washington guy. I support him. He has amazing potential. Yeah, I say truth. I I think this is a pretty easy one. It's truth. I mean, he damn right he is. I mean, he just wanted us to. You just wanted us to hype your boy up. Hell yeah, he I did. Stamp of <laughs> approval. So he must be a pretty good ball player then. Yeah. So if you look at his stats, it's not the great stats yet. But looking at this kid, where he got a second All NBA defensive team in his second year, that's pretty damn good. And then also add on that, yeah, he tore his ACL, but he's been practicing. Over the last summer and this whole time that he's been injured, he's been working on his jump shot, which was his biggest issue at first. So this kid has is going to have a jump shot coming back in. He's going to have a great defense. He's still going to have his defense. It's, he's he's always going. I think he he's also a steal, and as 29th pick in the 2016 draft. So, all right. So my next player um, is Avery Bradley. Uh, he's averaging. Eight points a game for the Clippers on a almost twenty-five million dollar two-year contract. <laughs> oh, sorry, he's on for the Grizzlies. My bad. He's a twenty-five million dollar contract on the Grizzlies. He was just with the Clippers. Right. What are your guys' thoughts on him? You asked me this two seasons ago. I would have said truth, but I'm going yep. trash. He's fallen off a complete cliff. He can't. Or at least as much as he could. I don't. I don't know what happened to him. Maybe it's the whole Brad Stevens thing. But I'm gonna say complete trash, man. I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say trash, but 
looking at his stats with the Grizzlies, where he's he's scoring like 16 points a game, he's shooting an efficient field goal percentage of 537. I think he's going to be coming back in that truth form if he's playing the way that he is with Memphis continue, continuing on, but as of late, he's trash. Yeah, I agree. And like James said, with the Celtics, he was phenomenal. He was like a key player in their playoff runs. Uh, but recently, yeah, he's just he's garbage. He is not worth $25 million for two years. Uh, yeah, I got trash on that one. <laughs> on James, my own guy. What you got? My, my next player is Evan Fournier out of Orlando. Game 3.6 assists per game, 3.1 rebounds per game. Shooting splits of 42.2, 33.9, and 80.6. He's making about $17 million per year. Truth or trash? What were his uh, points per game? Sorry, I missed that. 14.5. Yeah, I'm going to say truth. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to say I truth. Mean, hey. he's, oh. he's... Go ahead. Sorry, Ty. I was going to say truth. Sorry, but you go ahead. Truth, though. Yeah, I think he's been a, he's been a bright spot for uh, Orlando and they're putting a squad together in my opinion yeah if you guys don't mind me asking and trash for Gary Harris why do you say truth for Evan Fournier because their stats are extremely similar and Evan Fournier is making more money I think he's more important to his team okay yeah I'd, I'd agree he's more he's playing more vi- valuable role in this team he has over 31 minutes a game and but he's still shooting fairly well for especially for his position so i think he's more valuable to his team that than gary harris is so that contract what isn't as big as a as a bad spot to me though fair enough all right the next one i got is montreal harrell uh i'm gonna say true I don't even need to hear his stats. He's he's a big part of the Clippers' success after everyone thought they were going to tank. Uh, I agree. Truth. Montrezl Harrell's been This dude been is a out. beast. This dude is, whenever, I don't know, I forgot which game. I think it was against the Mavs. This dude was just killing it on the, on the boards and on the rim. This dude can't. He's only doing 16 points per game. But he's a center that's athletic and can just dunk on anyone that he wants to. And he's having, he's having a really good season. Uh, f- efficient field goal percentage six fourteen, and it almost over s- six rebounds. So also over a block two a game. So this remember, is- I have like a respectful hate for Montrezl Harrell because I remember him with Louisville, kind of North Carolina Tar Heels, my favorite college basketball team. Uh, his just a complete fit and him just kind of physically dominating the, the Tar Heels. So. I have like a respectful distaste for him, but he's balling out, so I got to give him that. I've even seen his name in consideration for most improved. I've seen that too. I can see that. All right. Awesome. What you got? All right. My next one is arguably the most overpaid person that we're going to talk about in this in Nicholas Batum. Uh, <laughs> dude is getting paid $120 million on a five year contract Eesh. to average. 10 points a game, five rebounds, and three assists. What um, <laughs> What do you guys <laughs> You're just setting this up to be trash, and I agree with it. <laughs> and I agree with it. it. Definitely. I feel like the contract definitely plays a huge factor. I mean, he was he was really good in Portland, and I, I don't think his thing has changed a ton. It's obviously dipped a little bit, but that contract just makes it trash, bro. Like, I think we all know that. I mean, in Portland, he was averaging about 15 points a game. I will say, though, uh, he's having his best uh, efficient field goal percentage this year, though, at 558 in his whole career. Under the radar. So, for I'm going to stay in Charlotte and go with Malik Monk. Ooh. He's getting 9.4 points a game and 1.7 assists and rebounds per game from the field 32.4 from three and 89.4 percent from the free throw line i he would be the truth but he's just not getting minutes what do you guys think he has the potential uh, to be the truth he has the potential but it's not there yet 
I think he can definitely be the truth. I mean, he's 21. Uh, if they give him minutes and if he remembers his jersey. <laughs> he was – I know when I watched him in college, I saw a lot of, like, young J.R. Smith in him. So I think that's still in there. I but think he has more potential than J.R. That's fair. I Yeah, he was out of Kentucky and mm. – uh, Correct, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, he was uh, he was really entertaining to watch in college. He had a game of like 42 points, and it, he just f- complete flamethrower. And I think he could be a really good guy, like a good six-man off the bench, but he just needs time to develop. And I don't know why Charlotte isn't just letting him run out there, but, you know, what do I know? All right, so we're kind of running it long. So one more player between all of us. I'm going to finish off with Jordan Bell. This dude is he's averaging 3.8 points per game, two barely three rebounds and assist. Uh doesn't have a three-point shot at all. He's shooting 65% at the free throw line and it's I know he, Do you know his contract? His contract I believe he's still on his rookie contract. Yeah, I was going to say. He's being, he's getting paid a million. So 1.3. So he some people saw him as a steal and I think he could have been better if he didn't go to the Warriors, to be honest. Ooh. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say – you set this up to be trash. I'm going to say trash. Uh, but, again, he needs more time to develop. I think if he got a change of scenery, it would be really good for his career in terms of stats. But I don't think anybody – any rookie in their right mind would really want to leave the Warriors. But also – I think once the finish coming this offseason where Kevin Durant's most likely going to leave, DeMarcus Cousins is going to leave, Clay may stay, but I think he's going to get his minutes opportunity once that once this season ends. Um I I'm going to say truth because I wanted I was so mad when the Warriors drafted him because I think they paid like $400,000 for that second round draft pick. It was actually a bull, the Bulls drafted him and the Bulls traded him. But um, I think they traded cash for... Yeah, they did. Right, but um, the Cavs haven't had a shot blocker since I've been alive, and he was one of the better shot blockers in that draft class, so I think he could have really helped this Cavs team. Or just... Well, Tristan Thompson doesn't get it done? Injured and been having seven <laughs> thumbs, so he hasn't been on the court a whole lot. I've just been I'm just being messy, sorry. <laughs> you're okay. All right, Austin, your your last guy. Oh, my last guy. Um let me see. I got a pick. So, I'm going to go with Clint Capella. Let me look at his stats real quick. I'm just going to say right now truth. But uh, he's he's is he worth his, the money that they're paying I don't th- him? Question. Problem is that he's Okay, that- yeah, he's he's having a pretty good stat-wise year. He's averaging a double-double. It was between this and Derek Jones Jr. was my other one. He's on a five-year, $90 million contract right now. The dude's only 24. He has the potential to be a really good rim runner in this league. Plus, Adam, that he's right next to James Harden and Chris Paul. That's probably the... You, I wouldn't want anyone else besides me. If those two are besides Clint Capella, who's a young center, that's probably the best situation you can have. Uh, my only thought process in picking this is... Why wouldn't they, in my opinion, they should have saved the $90 million and kind of tried to woo a free agent, basically. Go ahead, James. Um, I just want I'm, to get that out there. Yeah, I'm going to say truth because average guys are paid so much in today's NBA. I actually think they kind of got them for a, like a bargain. I mean, you don't have to pay them like $15 million, something in there, something in that range. And he's a—I mean—he's a key piece to their team. I'm gonna say truth because I think they actually have him on a pretty good deal. So uh, the annual is 18 million. 18, okay. Um, so for my last player, I'm going to go with Josh Jackson from the Suns. Um, he's averaging 11 points a game, just four rebounds with 41.1, 32.1, and 67.3 shooting splits. What do you guys think? I'm going to say truth because he's pretty young. I mean, how old is he? He's uh, 22. I think if you give him time to develop, I mean, he was a uh, big deal in college. And I'm pretty sure he just hit a dagger shot on somebody. I don't remember who. Uh, 
in one of the Suns games. But yeah, I'm gonna say truth. I like him. I like him too. I, his defense can be pretty damn good at times. Um, he just needs more minutes, more more time to develop. And but honestly, if he wasn't, if he was somewhere that was wasn't at the Suns, I think he'd be better. Um, I'm gonna differ from you guys and go trash. Just. <laughs> Um, I know he has a lot of defensive potential, but there's almost there's so little offensive game there. Okay. Like I know it can develop, but honestly, I don't. I can't say so truth cool. on this though, and I can't say trash. It's like it's just too early to tell. See, like a like a worse version of Andrew Wiggins in him, but that's just me. Woo! All right, right, Andrew Wiggins, truth or trash? Trash. <laughs> trash. All right. All right, you guys have any last last words on that? Andrew Wiggins on just on truth or trash as a whole um no other than that we listeners can expect this once a week we're gonna bring in like five new players each uh when the time allows it we'll just get through as many as we can and this is gonna be a reoccurring segment I had a lot of fun doing it yeah if you guys have a person that you want us to trash or trash or a truth uh send it to at royalty podcast and we'll see we'll see if your player is on the podcast so but let you guys know if they're truly trash or truth. We need kind of that. We need that middle layer. I think that too early to tell is a good middle middle ground. Recyclable? Is that what the middle layer is? Say What's that? Truth or recyclable? Like kind of <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> I like it. So, well, that wraps it up for this episode of the Royalty Podcast. Like I said, you can find us on Twitter at Royalty Podcast. You can also find all of us on on Twitter. You can find me at Ty Yeager Radio. You can find Austin at AustinDeBolt7. And you can find James at James underscore Laffery7. You can also find... Hey, our, go seven. What? What? I go seven. We go both seven. got seven in our ads. Hey, I'm the only one that doesn't have a number in it. So, 17, maybe. Uh, you can also find uh, James and I's podcast at everything cat underscore everything calves and at the lion pod. Also find your inner royalty with some royalty podcast merch. Royalty's got some shirts, some hoodies, tank tops, and even a phone case. Go check it out at bit.ly slash royalty podcast store. That's bit.ly slash royalty podcast store. The royalty podcast is a member of the rise up podcast community the community where podcasts can come together to grow and promote themselves. Check them out at community on Twitter or on their webpage at bit.ly slash riseuppodcommunity. Rise up with us, Rise Up Podcast Community. You guys have any last words for the, for the listeners? No, that, that covered it up. Perfect. He, he still runs through Cleveland. No chance. No chance. All right, we'll see you guys next that time. That was an all-timer. This is Royalty Podcast. See you guys later.